All right, ESPN Lafayette, welcome back into the program. I'm Scott Prather, and as promised, joining me now, Louisiana Raging Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. First off, coach, it's good to see you. Another season is here. I uh, I know, you know, in downtime you train dogs and you hunt, but I, I would say your true passion outside of your family is softball. So do you still kind of get the, the butterflies before each season or that anxiousness, or how would you describe it? Oh, absolutely. Anxious. Uh worry you go through the whole all the realm of all the emotions you know it's hard to go to sleep at night it's easy to wake up in the morning um but this team especially this year with so much youth and so much talented youth um it's really it's really gives you a lot to think about consider and i'm not sure of the lineup normally on at this time i may be one i may be worried about one spot in the lineup i know eight starters and literally, I, I know I think three starters in the other six positions, and DH I, I'm I'm not sure about. That um, we could go a different way based on what scrimmages happen. This what happens in scrimmage the next couple of days. So it's a team that's developing late, and and we're gonna I think we're gonna see uncertainty throughout these first three weeks. One of those spots you said you, you see solidified is uh, center field with Raina O'Neal. How is she doing coming off the broken arm, and how is she looking? Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, health-wise, she's fantastic. She's not had the most driven January she ever has, but the talent's unmistakable. She's hit a few balls right at people. But, you know, I think when season starts, she's going to be one of the best center fielders in the country and one of the best outfielders in the country. And uh, I think the lights go on is all she needs right now just to – I think she just needs the games to start. A catcher, another preseason all Sunbelt player, is Sophie uh, Pisco, as you said. Unless it's sort of a health or rest thing, she's kind of got that solidified. So I guess my question is, who's who's the backup catcher? Yeah, she'll be our everyday catcher. And we're going to back her up with Stormy Kopselnik and Melissa Mayu. I think Lacey's done a good job of preparing him for that situation. And, and, you know, we hope we can avoid injury throughout the year. But if we get into a situation where Sophie needs to rest for a couple of weeks and we're going to have to ride one of those girls. And I think either one of them can. They're both elite athletes. Yeah. And I was just curious because Sophie plays so hard at times. And yeah. I think somebody one time was like, it's reckless. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. It's very controlled. It's, that's in her. You can't take that out of her. That's just how she plays. Yeah, you can't You can't rein her in because it's who she is. Sure. And, and it's really neat when it's on your team and you have someone that naturally plays that hard. And, you know, uh, we had a play in scrimmage, the last scrimmage, where Taylor Roman slid in going full speed. And, you know, Sophie dove head first to try to tag her out at home. And, uh, you know, my season flashed before my eyes because it was really a play where we could have had injury. But that's just how both kids play. And uh, that's good and bad to have that in your team. I guess as a coach, you'd rather have to reel them in than sort of push them out, right? Absolutely. I mean, energy's irreplaceable in in a softball or a diamond sport any sport high energy players are infectious and and so so good to have on your team louisiana raising cajun softball coach jerry glasgow our guest this is uh, the great scott show espn lafayette the best ticket in sports um you mentioned taylor roman there a second ago i know she's medically cleared how is she how is she looking right now and what is her plan to play at first or another spot in the infield or we're looking at her at first base um, obviously, she could DH, but we feel like she can play first base for us. That's where we need her at. And it's just uh, getting her offense going. As, as her offense goes, that's how she'll her she'll go. And I feel like her last week of practice has been really good, and I see some really 
Uh, I think the layoff has been taking a while to get her through it and past it and get her back up going. But I feel like this last week's been outstanding. You know, you mentioned you, there's three spots you feel like are, are solidified and the rest of the lineup rotation-wise. It's we're gonna it'll it'll work itself out, but it's gonna take some time. Uh, I mentioned O'Neill and Piscos. What's the what's the other spot that you uh, feel like is solidified? Uh, Jordan Campbell at third base is Jordan's bat's got to be in our lineup, and she's done a really good job for us at third. Um, I feel like that you know there's that's a that's a position on Friday. I don't really think about who could play there. It's going to be Jordan Campbell, mm-hmm. and then her her bat's going to keep her in the lineup regardless of whether it be a third or second. She could play first, second, or third. Probably could play shortstop if we need her to, but. Um, you know, she's done a really good job adjusting to third base, and it's a new position to her. And there's been a day or two where you see some apprehension or nervousness on her part, but for the most part, she's done a really good job over there. You know, hearing you at the press conference Monday talking about trying to figure out the rotation, right? It, you it, Patience was kind of coming to me. I know you talked to Jay Walker about it, right? You've got uh, a young team, but I would say the athleticism of this team is, is through the roof. So you're trying to sort of figure out, okay, what's my lineup, offense versus defense, and patience, that word keeps coming to my mind. You've, you've admitted that by nature you kind of struggle to be patient sometime, uh, at times. So how has that been for you, and, and how do you see that being, I guess, moving forward? You know, how much, I guess I'll just be blunt, how much do you think you're going to have to work on pa- your patience early in the season? My patience will be really good as long as we're winning. And that's a, a problem with being a – Sunbelt schools, you have very room, little room for error. And so if we can win and find a way to win, no matter how ugly it is, just win these early games, I'll be able to platoon and rotate a lot of players. And that's what I'm hoping for. I know that there's going to be some really close games, and, and if we're able to win them, it'll allow me just to keep platooning players, to platoon, 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 and mix and match until it becomes very obvious who our best nine are. And that's the best scenario for the end of the year. However, if we drop a couple early games and then there's no room to lose anymore, that forces a coach to put what he's guessing is the best nine out there every day. And and then you won't be able to see as many rotations. So the season will play out based on how they – how they win. And I tell the kids, you know, when you're in the lineup, make sure we win. The best thing you can do is the day you play, make sure we win. Um, and so that'll, that'll be what really I think is able, enables me to be, be patient if we can win those games and we can keep looking at different lineups. Cause we got a lot of kids that deserve to play. Um, you know, Lenny Crater has been outstanding and will probably be our opening day DH. Um, barring an injury. Um, but at the same time, I want to see Carly Heath in that position uh, at some point uh, and soon. And, and, you know, Taylor Roman obviously will play first base a lot of the time, but there's a time we may need to put her in a DA spot. Uh, so we got different lineups that we'll, we hope we get to use, but it'll, it all depends on how we Sure. Handle the schedule ahead of us. Yeah, I know maybe late in the season, if there's a small lineup change, it might be based on an opponent. But small, you know, we're talking one. Going into the season, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Is there an ideal date that you would love to have it? Ideally, okay, we've we've got it for the most part. We have our rotation pretty set. When the conference schedule starts, when we start the conference on the fifth weekend, I like to have my lineup pretty well set sure. or my rotation set if it's a rotation still. 
And we, you know, at that point, you'd think you'd have it narrowed down to eleven, maybe twelve players max. Um, Jenna Keen, I meant, meant to bring her up earlier. I know she kind of played through injury last year, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been her shoulder. Where, how, where, where is she at, and how do you envision her role uh, this season? She had an outstanding fall in the fall of 2020. Uh-huh. She was outstanding. Going under, out of fall camp, I thought, you know, Elisa Dalton hit 526, and Jenna Keene hit 509. Like wow. She looked outstanding. And then she came back in January and dislocated the shoulder, uh, tore her labor. And she played injured all spring when she did play. She still stole 29 bases as a pinch runner and a part-time starter. But she's came back this fall, and we, we changed her approach at the plate. I wanted to make her more of just a traditional hitter, much in the mold of Sierra Bryant. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to, like, emulate what Sierra Bryant did offensively. And she's been outstanding. She's at 370 in the preseason off our pitching staff, which we feel like is a very good pitching staff. And if she can hit that 370 pace throughout the season, I see her stealing 60 bases this spring and being maybe leading the country in stolen bases. She, she has a potential to be an All-American type player for us. Now, if she can get comfortable early in the year, that's going to be the key to Jenna. And, and we've seen her at times when she's really comfortable hitting, and we've seen her at times when she doesn't, you know, doesn't know exactly what she wants to accomplish offensively and gets um, tentative. Whether she want to bunt, does she want to slap, does she want to hit? And we've tried to eliminate the slapping and we're just hitting and bunting. And it's so far, I feel like we've seen really positive results in January, and I expect it to continue. But that's the things that we'll be looking for early in the year. Rage Cage softball season gets underway this Friday. I know fans are excited, uh, especially excited to be out back at uh, at Lamson Park. We're visiting with softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Um, I want to ask you about the pitching. Last thing about the offense, though. You, you brought up stolen bases. I've heard a lot about the athleticism of this team, the speed of this team. Uh, can fans expect you guys to be pretty aggressive on the on the base path this year? Yeah, we'll we'll have to be aggressive because we got speed that we have to use. And so you've got Rain O'Neill, Jenna Keene, Maddie Hayden. All those kids could steal 25, 30 bases or more. And then you've got almost everybody else in your lineup: Taylor, Roman. Um, Stormy Kotzelnik, Jordan Campbell, Sophie Piscos, Ari Quinones, Alexa Langliers, Melissa Mayu. All those kids could still 10 to 15 bases a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a team that I think running has to be a big part of their weaponry, and we'll use it, no doubt. From a pitching standpoint, you, you told us about Kendra Lamb and how she's a very mature young woman. Uh, her precision, her change-up, things that I guess since last year you've seen a lot of improvement on. Um, you know, I know that she pitched a lot last year, but Summer Ellison, that's a you're stepping into the number one role now. And um, I don't know, just hearing you talk about her, it sounds like you have no doubt. You have full confidence in her because she seems to have full confidence in herself right now. Yeah, no, Kendra Lamb's solid. She's going to be a very good pitcher for us. And we got her six starts against Power 5 teams last year. And she, she was effective every time. I mean, she always was effective. And give us a, a start that we could win the game if we hit, if our offense goes off. And, and she's just continued to evolve and get even better. And we're looking forward to these next two years with her because she's she's ready to become one of the top pitchers in the country, no doubt in my mind.
Megan Shoreman, a transfer from Kentucky, you envision her being the number two spot in that role? She's going to be very good. She should definitely be one of our starters, uh, her and Sam Landry. Uh, I don't know how it will all emerge because they all look good. Um, and we're going to let that determine on the field instead of naming. You know, I, th- I think Megan Shoreman, she started out really good in the fall, had a little bit of a second half of fall, wasn't that good. But her January and February has been outstanding. And, you know, her preseason – I think her ERA is the lowest on the staff. And then Sam Landry's been nothing but great here lately. Yeah. So how good is she? You know, I don't know. We'll we'll find out when the games start. Yeah, just Sam being a freshman. There's so many – I see freshmen. I see such youth on this team, but I also see a lot of excitement. You mentioned Carly Heath, uh, Vanessa Foreman, other players that you see getting getting a run, um, you know, in, in the circle and being a part of the pitching staff this year. You talked about all the rotation early in the season, sort of in the infield and a little bit in the outfield. How much, ideally, you know, opening weekend, how many pitchers do you want to, how many innings do you want them to get? Is there, if you're, if you're winning, which is, we always say is, is the number one thing, but ideally, how much run would you like each one of those young ladies to get? I, I want to see all five, Vanessa Foreman, Carly Heath, Kendra Lamb, um, Sam Landry, and Megan Sherman. I want to see them all pitch. I think we'll see Megan Shorman in a longer relief row, and we'll see Carly Heath as a closer uh, opening weekend, and we'll see the other three start. If possible, we'll see Carly Heath. She'll definitely will spot start throughout the season at a minimum if she doesn't become one of our regular starters. But I, I look for Coach Justin to, to try to use three starters as often as he can in series. And then, of course, you know, if, if a pitcher like Kander uh, uh, Lamb does begin to have – that All-America type season, then he may go away from that and go for game one, game three. But I know going into the season, his goal is to have uh, a pitching staff, and much like baseball, we have a long reliever and a closer, um, and then three starters. Louisiana Rage Cajun Softball. It's here, guys. We'll be on the air this Friday and all weekend long. ESPN Live Hit, your home for Rage Cajun Softball on the radio. Of course, if you're heading out to Lamson Park, have a blast because there was just a different element missing last year, Coach. There's no denying it. Having that place packed, it um, anybody that's experienced it, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I've only been to two other softball parks before, and you've been to probably a hundred or more. Um, but it's it. I know folks here take a lot of pride in it, but with good reason. There really is, if you haven't experienced it, it's hard to put it into words. And I imagine for this young team of yours, you're probably anxious to see how some of these young players are going to respond once it's. You can simulate with the crowd noise. You can have some people at a scrimmage, but. Once uh, once it counts in the standings, that environment's a little different. Oh, yeah. When the lights go on and the Lambda Park lights up, it's loud. And how <laughs> how our kids handle that atmosphere is a question mark and something we won't be able to tell till it starts. And as far as how how much it's needed, it's just going to be an enormous boost for our program. Because that, all, that doesn't just affect our players. That affects the other team's players. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn quickly who – is affected by it and then if we can work through that and get them used to it or if we just you know we have to make adjustments based on you know kids not being able to handle that game day pressure but I don't expect to stop you know, I think we'll be able to handle it. I think it's going to be uh, uh, an ally of our kids and I think it's an enormous boost for our program anytime that stage is full and the crowd's going crazy. Yeah, no question it's an ally. I, I, I guess in terms of young players, I'm always just curious, when you experience it for the first time, how does it go? But talk to any player that's been in the program a while, and they, you know, you talk to alums, they're just like, I, it's like it's like a drug. You just can't get enough of it. And that's a credit to the fan base, really. I mean, it's what makes the place, part of what makes this place special. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, recruits. You know, it benefits me greatly recruiting when I can get kids. Most SEC schools bring their kids into a football game. I bring my kids into a softball oh, game because yeah. I wanted to see what they're going to get to play in front of. And it's a huge, uh, of huge importance to our program in so many ways. And we're we're thrilled about it being back out there this year in full display. Coach Glasgow has been our guest. All right, last question, Coach. It not really softball related, but. Um, if when you and your lovely wife are, are doing watching something outside of softball, what do you like to watch? Is it a, is it a different sport? Is it a TV show? Do you all even do that kind of thing? Softball, we, we watch a lot of softball, but gymnastics. We we That's like it. to watch the uh, SEC uh, gymnastics. You know, nothing like a uh, Florida Auburn or Georgia LSU gymnastics event. Uh, we enjoy that. Um, and she's a big baseball fan. She watches every single St. Louis Cardinal game. Oh, so, really. If I go home, there's going to be a Cardinal game on TV if they're on because she loves the Cardinals. Now, are you the kind of – you all like to just sort of watch it in peace? Like, I know you, you're working this weekend, but Super Bowl, let's say you weren't working. Would you, would you rather be at a Super Bowl party or you're like, you know what, I, I just want to watch the game. Like, I don't want people chit-chatting. Yeah, no, we're at home. We're, yeah. we're at home watching the game and, and uh, you know, maybe grilling out on a grill and watching it on the outdoor TV. But definitely, definitely not a social like – you know, we're more into just private. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to ask Coach Broadhead and Marlon of that uh, that question as well this morning. But my guess is when you ask coaches, they'll probably tell you, yeah, I just – I don't need a bunch of people around. Just let me watch. Let me watch yeah, I think game. you learn to value your, your – a coach, anytime you're a coach, you learn to value your time that you have alone or a time at home with family. No question about it. Coach, it's great seeing you. Uh, we'll be talking to you throughout the season, albeit most of the time over the phone line uh, the weekend after. But it's good seeing you in person. Thanks for making the time. And – Best of luck this season. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate your coverage and keeping our fans informed.